On this episode of the Autumn Windbags, we look at what the Josh Jacobs contract situation means for running backs moving forward. We also look back at the Raiders offense last season and look at the lies and truths of the run game versus the passing game. And also what the relationship between Josh McDaniels and Hunter Renfro says about the team moving forward. And we love you subscribe, rate, and comment on whatever platform you're listening on. All right, here we go. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into the nightmares. There it is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, RJ Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. RJ Clifford, Juan Soto, let's have some fun today. Back-to-back weeks, a day early. I'd like to pretend it's because, you know, we're hard workers, overachievers. We're kind of suck-ups, right? We're kissing up to you, the listeners. And yeah, that's part of it. But uh, truthfully, the real reason is um, when you're listening to this, it'll be my 40th birthday. I turn 40 on June 14th. And if I didn't take some time off of work, the wife would divorce me. So we're pushing it back. Uh, we're pushing the show up a, w- a day. And uh, I'll be spending uh, five days, six nights in uh, six days, five nights in beautiful Kernville, California. I was going to say glamping, but we're actually in a cabin. So it's just me, beer, family and friends, a river, and uh, hopefully some bad decisions as I try to contemplate my midlife crisis. So you're welcome. Day early. You know, I don't know that she was really rooting for you to take the time off. Mm-hmm. I think she's just kind of like, man, if he really gives me that out, would I would I take it? She's like, do I do I call his bluff? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, man, that's, that's a good time up there. You gotta you gotta do uh do any tubing in that river. Well, this is the thing. So because the rains in California were so crazy. Oh, it's going to be huge over there. That Kern River, it's like, it's unraftable. It's like, it's like class five rapids for just like 50 straight miles. So normally at Kern River, for those of you not, not, not familiar with the greater Bakersfield, Kern County area, which I can't imagine you wouldn't be. Are you, are you going to visit the car compound or what? Well, they well, ba- well, basically what it is, is like, you can, tu- it's, it's like tubing where you can like, you won't spill your beer. It'll be like two like semi-decent rapids that are kind of fun. And then you're just floating along the river, especially like later in the summer. But because of the crazy rains of California, it's, it's like class five rapids all the way around. So we're gonna we're gonna we're still gonna have fun. There's places to shoot guns, there's some great brewery up there, Lake Isabella. We might like rent sea dews. I'm a simple man, Soto. I'm a simple man. A lot of people, when they turn 40, it's like, oh, midlife crisis, new girlfriend, sleeve tattoo, Corvette, trip to Europe. I'm like, just give me a body of water and a custom novelty beer koozie. And I'm happier than I'm picking shit. Yeah, my my 40th was in my sister's backyard, had a taco man. And RJ got extremely drunk. That that does not sound like me. Yeah, that's that's erroneous. And uh, one of our, our friends and old training partners, Chris, showed up a little later. And I don't know if you remember this, but you were trying to take him down like the entire time he was there. You would I'm not sure he started it. There's no doubt in my mind he started Yeah, it. he showed up. That's how he started yeah. it. How dare he? How dare he show up like that? And then RJP's in my sister's backyard. Whatever. What's the point of having land if you can't pee on it? It's true. I mean, that's a good point. So 
That's what I'm up to. That's why we're early. Yay. Uh, question of the day, and it's off season, so we thought we will we'll, we'll shake things up a bit. We love, we absolutely, I didn't know, it wasn't planned, but we love doing like, we quote movie lines all the time, just as, uh, as buddies do. And we love if you guys can remember and who can like jump in and let us know what the line is first. So how about this question of the day? It's pinned up in the comment section. Let us know best comedy of all time. I shit you not. Soto has been sweating over this question ever it's since so I thought of many because it's, it's, it's a wide, it's a wide berth, right? It's, you know, who's your favorite kid? What's, where do you go when you die? You know, high end question with some high stakes. I, I'm all in on mine. I know mine, no question about it. Okay, and I know go first. And, and I know it's highly debatable. And I'm gonna say mine and I'm gonna stand by it. And I'm sure Soto and other people are gonna say, no, I think this movie's funnier. And I know a lot of you are gonna make a very good case. And I'm gonna second guess my answer, and we're gonna have a great debate about it because there's just so many great comedies. But I'm gonna go with Jim Carrey's Liar Liar. That's a funny one. And I say it's the funniest of all time, best comedy of all time for a few reasons. One, so oftentimes, like we do this with fighters where we'll judge all their great wins, but then we forget about their losses. Like your record is your wins and your losses. You're like, oh man, you got all these great wins, all these, you know, you beat all these great fighters, but forget about the losses. In Liar Liar, there are no swings and misses. Every joke attempt landed. Hits, yeah. Jim Carrey, the uh, the stepdad, um, the old lady secretary, like even the little kid. It's just nothing. There was no swings and misses, which is crucial. Like it never never drops you down one iota, right? Two, it's Jim Carrey in his prime, which arguably the funny, like right, it was right in the thick of. Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura 1 and 2, Liar Liar, that quartet of just like, mm. ama- like Jim Carrey was just cranking on all cylinders. God bless that Canadian for just giving us so much joy. Hey. Um, and they never ruined it with trying to make like a shitty sequel. It's just, it, even just like little random moments of it. Like when he's like, settle, 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 settle. The courtroom and the, there's the physical comedy, right? When he's got the yeah. pen, the pen is blue. The pen is blue. And he's like, thank God. And he's like fighting himself with the pen. The funny sex jokes, the adorable kid little jokes. And then it was just a really, really good movie in general where like he learned his lesson, became a better father from it. You know, everyone kind of grew a little bit. I know it's a hard question. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that I'm sure I'll get pushback. Best comedy of all time. Liar, liar. All right. My turn. You stuffed it like a Thanksgiving turkey. Gobble, 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 gobble. <laughs> okay. All right, it humped your brains out. You happy? Oh my god! Just, just start from the very beginning and just. I might, I might be able to. I might be able to. I have to look at this from different perspectives. Okay. Because okay. it's not just for me. It's not just a black and white. Here's the answer. Because it all depends on what I'm looking at. Hundred percent. So. For just pure and like mindless enjoyment, for me, be able to put it on at any time of day, whenever, it's Friday. 
Okay. Just because of the lines. Like, I, I got so many one-liners and just sayings yeah. that I have in my life from that movie. And it's just a mindless movie that I could probably recite from beginning to end. And it's like Liar Liar where it's plot independent, where you can just turn yeah. it on at 48 minutes and never have seen the movie before. Yeah, and you're good. Go laugh your ass off for the rest of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Now, if I want to get a little bit more like uh, nostalgic, okay. I used to watch Porky's Luchador uh, okay. wrestling when I was a little kid. I used to I used to stay at my grandparents' house a lot, and they used to like they didn't know what the hell WWF was, so they were like, "Oh, you want to watch wrestling here?" And they would put Luchador wrestling on me and my grandpa. So even though I don't, this is weird. Even though I don't like Jack Black, I don't I don't really get him in most movies. I thought Nacho Libre was pretty funny. Okay, get the corn out of my face. Just little things here and there. It's got its lines. It's more for, I'm a big lines guy. Things that I can use. Like one of the ones that I use a lot is when the, when the fat daughter, when he, when, when the Escaletto like broke her doll, when Mm -hmm. he was like pushing the eyeball in and she's like, I forgive you. (laughs) I use that all the time. Lines are big, which is why like, I feel like South Park is 10 times, 10 times of a better show than family guy. But I quote Family Guy a hundred to one because Family mm-hmm. Guy's just lines. It's just like here's just hilarious shit that's yeah. happening in front of you. Like I was, I was just, I, I literally just twenty minutes ago, um, my brother bought this like tiny little Corvette, and oh, so no. I did the line where he's uh, where uh, uh, Peter gets a sports car or he gets like a big sport car and he, <laughs> he pulls it up to another sports car and he goes, "Hey, when you pull that car into the garage, does the garage say?" Is it in yet? And it just goes like in and out of the tunnel. Yeah. Lines are big. Lines are big. Lines, That's lines good. are big. Lines are big. Lines are big. Um, quick rapid fire. I'll say the best kids comedy of all time, Sandlot. That's a good one. I'll say the smartest comedy of all time, Death to Smoochie. That's an excellent movie. So underrated. It is, it is. It's weird because like so often, like that's why... Hollywood wants you to be kind of pigeonholed. Okay, what was Robin Williams' name in that movie? What was his character? Rainbow name? Randolph. Rainbow Randolph. <laughs> Rainbow Randolph is the king. Dude, a mate, Edward Norton, John Stewart, uh just like a, an insane cast. But the thing is with like with Hollywood, they want you kind of pigeonholed into a very clean uh category, right? That's why Adam Sandler has a billion dollars cuz like, yeah, he's just like slapstick dumbass comedies right and there's a market for it it's easy to market you know what you're getting with an adam sandler comedy right you do kind of like like if you guys haven't seen it please do yourself a favor death to smoochie is really good watch it it's danny devito it's hilarious but when you see like the it's 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 a comedy about the dark underbelly of children's television and like they, they 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 present it in a way that like the, the darker, the, like, the worse people they act like, the funnier all their actions are mm-hmm. in and out, like in the presence and out of the presence of the kids. Yeah. It's just so much because like they set up like it's it's just really it's it's a good movie. It's that's super underrated and it's not brought up nearly enough. So that's why I brought it up here. Anyway, I'm sure you guys got plenty. 
If you've got diamonds in the rough that we haven't seen, please let us know. Yeah, don't, come, don't come with me with like step brothers and shit. Like, yeah, that's one of my favorites too. But it's like, yeah, we've all seen it a million times. Old school, yeah, we've all seen it a million. Like, hit me with something that's like a little bit off the beaten path. There's a will. There's a will. There's got to be a Will Ferrell one. I think people are going to bring up some Will Ferrell. It's also like I think like, I think people judge it also so much by like actor too, right? Like mm -hmm. Chris Farley and Tommy Boy. Jesus Christ. Tommy Boy, Farrell, Jim Carrey. You go way back, right? Like Kingpin. Kingpin that, is one of dude, my favorites. It's, that's so sports good. Sports movies. It Kingpin. Way up there. Uh, back to school. Uh, Technically a sports movie. Diving. Freaking yep. uh, Major League. The first yep. one. Oh god, there's some good movies. Even freaking um, what's that one with uh oh uh the um. Uh, the basketball one, basketball. The Not South Park basketball. guys. It's uh, the one with Will Ferrell. Semi pro. Semi pro. Yeah. <laughs> when he calls him a, when they're talking shit to each other, and it's set in the it's set in the seventies, and he calls him they're they're playing poker, and he calls him a jive ass turkey, and he takes it as like turkey. like everything just like goes quiet they're like. <gasps> he called him a jive. Did you turkey? just call me a jive? No 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 no. He called you a cocksucker. No 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 no. You called me a jive-ass turkey. Okay. If you're not squeamish and you're okay with the language, especially coming from little kids. If you watch this the show, original, probably not. The original Bad News Bears mm. is mwah, the racism in that one is just, mwah. it's just like a steamed, <laughs> it's steamed to perfection. Back back when like the right back when racism was playful instead of like inflammatory and ruining move, everyone's huh? lives. Move. We'll just call you Steve. <laughs> like Blazing Saddles. God, so Blazing Saddles is overtly good racist, but because it was from like 72, you're like, okay, we can laugh it off. It was meant in good taste. Let us know. Comment section. Best comedy of all time. Pinned. Very curious what you guys think. So Josh Jacobs, still not signed to the Las Vegas Raiders of the National Football League. The all-time, or not all-time, the uh, leading rusher of last season. Awesome season for us. Last. And not just like, it wasn't even like he just like inflated one specific stat. Like you'll see people, you know, you'll see players. Oh my God, this wide receiver got a shit ton of yards, but it was, you know, a bad team and not a lot of touchdowns, whatever. Or, I mean, he got, he was such a complete player for us last season. Yards after contact. He got better as a receiver. Never got injured. Uh, the touchdowns, the 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 leadership that he had, just just mwah, I mean, just the little God things. Bless you, Josh Jacobs. The reason why he didn't come off the field very much is because of his pass protection, mm -hmm. and because he became better a better receiver out of the backfield. Like these little things, it's like it's hard to take them out. With okay, well, who's the better pass protector than who than him? You know, like, hey, we need a guy to get you know a hard four yards. Who's our best guy? Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. We need a guy to catch a pass out of the backfield. Who's our best guy? Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. We uh, we're going deep. We need good pass protection. Who's our best guy? Josh Jacobs. Well, yeah. And things that and things that he normally was never good at. Hey, we need a chance at a home run. You know, we're, we're doing just like a you know just a just a power ISO or something like that. Hey, maybe we want fifty. Maybe he'll break one for fifty. Who's our guy? Josh Jacobs. Yeah, man. And that's one of the things I said in my video uh, on Sunday. I said, I, I, the reason, one of the reasons why I think that Jacobs 
isn't getting paid is he showed he showed that home run ability I, th I think a year too late mm -hmm. if he would have shown that home run ability a little bit sooner i think it would have been something that um it would have been a little bit harder to not extend him mm -hmm. uh than than it was i mean look people are saying oh this regime is shit and this and that blah 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 because they didn't get to pick up his fifth year option no one was complaining when we declined the fifth year option. Nobody was complaining. I, you know how you know I've been very hard on Ziegler, and I think very fairly. I think I've been very fair with Dave Ziegler, and I've been unimpressed so far with his performance. He is zero at fault for how he's handled Josh Jacobs so far. Zero. Not nobody only was complaining, nobody. No one's yeah. No one was demanding to pick up the fifth year option, and not only that, but it's like it was only a difference of like one point five million dollars. Right. So if he, if he would have franchise tagged him or extended the fifth year option, we're only saving like one and a half million. So basically you're betting that, okay, maybe Josh Jacobs has the best season of his career and we want to keep him. Okay. That's going to cost us just one and a half more million dollars than if we would have extended that fifth year option. It's like, that's all you're gambling. That's all you're gambling. There was, there, that was not a bad move. I, again, I've been hard on Dave Ziegler. And I think I've been very fair, but harsh. There's no negative here. You couldn't, even if you, you could not have predicted Josh Jacobs to have this great of a season. And if he did, you got the franchise tag and you're fine. Mm -hmm. And you're fine. Yeah. So the reason we bring this up is Josh Jacobs tweeted uh, a few days ago. NFL players love being cryptic. They're like, they're like high school girls. Sometimes, sometimes it's not about you. We got to do it for the ones after us. Shrug emoji. Okay. So what I'm getting from this Soto is that he's trying to paint himself as a martyr. Like I'm standing up for running backs everywhere. I'm taking bullets for the next generation of ball carriers. This is bigger than me. It's not me being greedy. It's me doing something for the next generation and people who care more, which is bullshit. Which is bullshit. And it's, mm -hmm. I'm not knocking Josh Jacobs for trying to get his bag and get as much, much money as possible. Zero percent. I, I would do the same. If, if I felt that was the best way to get what I needed for my future, I would do the same thing, right? This is not a knock on Josh Jacobs attempt to get what he wants, right? The Raiders and the, and the Raiders and their players are in a back and forth. The Raiders want to pay as little as possible for the most talent. The talent wants to get paid as much as possible. For their services and you go back and forth and capitalism ensues and the market prevails and you figure it out right i'm not knocking josh jacobs the person but i do i do want to roll my eyes at josh jacobs trying to turn this into something more than simply i want to get paid as much as possible for my services it's not more than that josh it is not more than that don't pretend that it is the the issue that i have with his statement is I don't see the end game here. What is he trying to do? Is he, is he trying to look? He, he gets the franchise tag. He's in the top 10 paid. And it's like the difference between the franchise tag and the highest paid running back is like two, 2.3 million or something like that. For those of you on uh, the um, podcast, apologies, but we're showing it on YouTube. The top paid players currently in contracts for 2023. Running backs. Running backs. 
uh, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, all fran- are, are all uh, franchise tagged at uh, just a tiny bit over $10 million for 2023. And then it is inches moving up after that. Joe Mixon, 10-1 at 7th. 6th, Derrick Henry, 10-5. 5th, Nick Chubb, 10-8. Aaron... Fourth, Aaron Jones, 10-9. Alvin Kamara, 11. Christian McCaffrey, 12. And here's the big kicker. Rookie, John Robinson, currently, as contracts are structured as of this second, June 13th, 2023, is the highest paid running back in football for 2023 because he's a first-round top 10 rookie, right? That should show you, that's a yet another example, and we'll get we'll dive deeper to the weeds. But that's another example of how the of how the market for the running back is constantly changing. If he were a quarterback, right? If you're a if you're a rookie quarterback drafted in the top 10, you're not even in the top 15 highest paid running uh, uh quarterbacks in football. You are you're getting pennies compared to what the market value may be for you because of how the rookie pay structure changed. If you're a running back and you're a rookie drafted that high, you're the highest paid running back in football. That should show you how the market and not a conspiracy, not the league trying to come down on them. Not Roger Goodell just has a a, a thorn up his ass for ball carriers. It's how the market views the position. A rookie will be the most likely potentially will be the highest paid player at their position next season because of the signing bonus and the rookie pay structure. That's crazy. And these yeah. are some, and it's not even like there's bad running backs in football right now. Christian McCaffrey, awesome. Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Derek Henry still got legs. Again, Josh Jacobs coming off the best. Tony Pollard, breakout star. These are really good running backs. These are great running backs. These are running backs you should be excited for if they are on your team. But the dollar amount assigned to them in the salary cap era, this is a great example. Yet, this is example 37B of Man. where the running back market is right now. So, look, and I believe the year was 2012. Adrian Peterson signed for like 13 mil a year. That's that's 10 years ago, mm. right? And the, the running back dollars haven't changed much. They actually come down a little bit. The highest paid player in the league per year the player who made the most that year was Aaron Rodgers at 22 million. Now someone's going to sign probably at the, after this season for, um, for almost triple that they're going to be in the fifties. So, and that's going to be a quarterback. So it goes to show you if it's supply and demand, and it's not just the supply and demand, but it's how quickly that supply pays dividends. These running backs coming out of college are hitting right away. There's no like ramp up or anything. These running backs, the good ones, they come in right away firing. All right. It's not like a quarterback where he's got to learn, he's got this, and then he's getting a new system, and you know he has potential for another couple of years because you see what you get right away. And there's so many of them. There's so many running backs out there. You consist. You you are consistently seeing running backs. Look at Pacheco last year in the seventh round. He's a starting running back for the best team in the freaking league. Okay. It's like. You can get these guys, if you plug them into the system with a good offensive line, you can get guys from anywhere. And if there wasn't so many good running backs in the league, 
the the running backs would be, get paid more. It's it's just simple economics. Running backs also get ran through quick, right? Like they go south really fast. Um, Adrian Peterson, together. Adrian together. Peterson, you brought up was like the rare, rare, rare exception that was great for a long time. Came off ACL surgery, right? Also a different era, like we mentioned eleven years ago. You look at like, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott, super paid. Tony Pollard comes out of nowhere, better than him for pennies, right? I just we like we just see that constantly happen. So as much as we love Josh Jacobs, as much as we want him around, that's you know, that ten and a half million dollars we give him, that could be nine point five million going to the defense and get a running back that could potentially, hopefully, be like 80, 85% as good as Josh Jacobs. The thing is, look, or a tenth as much. We'll get to this later, but it wasn't like we were the best running team in the NFL last year. It's because Josh Jacobs took 99% of the freaking snaps. Mm. That's why he got, I mean, he also ran well too. So let's, let's not you know downplay that. It's so but hard it, having this conversation and not try to sound like we're shitting on Josh, which is it, not, it's not, it's, it's not the, the person. It's the position. It's not the it's not him personally. It's to position the way that teams look at their roster and how it's built cap wise is you you assign a dollar amounts to rooms, and whenever you give a room a lot more than you want to, you got to take it from somewhere else. They don't want to pay that much for the running back room. Nobody wants to pay that much for the running back room because we've seen time and time again every single season players in lower rounds at that position perform really well and there's less money to go around because we're spending so much money in the champagne room for jimmy g you know what i mean so all the other rooms kind of suffer because of it it's just and and i I go back to my first question i don't know what his end game is what who is he looking out for by how this is going to play out the the raiders aren't going to sign him to a big money deal they're not I think they're kind of past the point of signing him to a multi-year this time. It's just like, dude, just sign the tag and just let's just move on. And he's going to get tagged this year. It, I, he's going to sign the tag. Mm-hmm. And then next year, he's probably going to get tagged again if he plays well enough. He'll get tagged again, and then that'll be it. That'll be it. If you if he thinks he's going to get $12 million a year, $13 million a year, he's in for a rude awakening. He's probably going to get, like we talked about previously, two to three maybe for like eight-ish, nine maybe if he's lucky. It's just the money is not there. The salaries for these top running backs are going down because they're not lasting as long as other players and other positions like wide receivers, edges, quarterbacks. They're lasting a lot longer. The running backs just don't last as long. There's so many of them out there. It's just I don't see I don't see how what he's doing is helping the running backs behind him. The salaries are going down regardless of what he does. The salaries are going down because the data supports it. There needs to stop be this conspiracy or this mentality that like there's this dark specter out there trying to bring running backs down. Not a thing. Doesn't exist. The data supports it. Get out of your mind. And and who's that who would that benefit? It's a salary cap. It's not like it's not like the owners are saving the money they're not spending on running backs, right? It's not like they're, you know, that 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 the money that's spent on running backs is like going to fuel Russian tanks to invade Ukraine. It's like it's, it's, it's going to go to someone else. Here. Like it's not it's not a thing. Like there's there's it benefits nobody. 
to like artificially bring down running backs. It's just how the game has evolved and the game ebbs and flows, right? The running back position may come back in 10 years and be the, and be the next biggest thing. And, and you know, the next Josh Jacobs is going to make a hundred million dollars a year because that's how the game goes. Like who, who knows? Right. But right now it's, it's not a Josh Jacobs thing. It's an economics thing. It's an economics position. Number crunching data thing is what it is. It, the, the, it's, if every team in the league is following the same model, it's not like some fluke. There's something you, is telling them this is the way to go. And then you throw on top of that a guy who comes from a team with a history, a GM and a coach, who historically never played running backs. And Josh Jacobs. They figured this out a long exactly. time ago, that's man. What they, like that's been them historically anyway. Right, they so this out a long time. the entire league is swaying that way, and these two are already swayed. You know what I mean? Like they're already on the side of that, already on some of that fence. Mm-hmm. So this got me thinking. Um, I was listening to your, I was, I was watching your solo video of Josh Jacobs and and thinking about it and ruminating about it, and it got me thinking. Like, oh god, Josh Jacobs, he's the man, right? He's awesome. Wait, how do you, how did his run game? affect our win loss and our season and our offense in general last season, because when we stop and think about last season, the broad strokes are, Oh, you know, Derek Carr had the second worst season of his nine year career. The passing game took a dump. Josh Jacobs, the best season of his career led the league in rushing. Our running game was awesome. Like that's, that's generally like even I like covers this a lot and cares about it a lot and does the math. That's kind of like how I thought I was like, Oh, our running game was amazing. Our passing game was shit. That was like the first thing that came to my mind, right? But that wasn't the case. So we talk about this all the time. Stats are important, but it's important to read them. The stats I really cling to are the drastic ones, you know, like Josh Jacobs having the most yards after contact, 900 yards after contact. Like that proves like, look, having a running back lead the league in, in yards, it's a team effort line scheme quarterback, like all kinds of things matter, right? But when you have the most yards after contact, that's pretty strong evidence. There was a big chunk of it was you like that. You know, you can't just plug and play a guy with 900 yards after contact, right? But the more these stats kind of add up, the more it makes me think that the way we're painting with broad strokes last season in our offense isn't accurate. So in 2022, um, yards per game in rushing, we were 17th. We had the number one running back in football, number one. And yet we were still below average in yards per game. In passing, it was Derek Carr's second worst season of his career outside of his atrocious rookie season. And we were still 11th, barely outside the top 10. Again, two of those games uh, were Jared Stidham, but in fairness, like just, you know, whatever. Uh, Yards per attempt versus yards per carry. This is where things get interesting. 11th in passing. So we were passing about as like, so when you're, when your yards per game and your yards per attempt are exactly the same number, you found a good stroke, right? It's not like we're throwing the ball so much. We're getting unnecessary yards or we're not throwing it very often, but we're super efficient and getting more like they were even. We were sixth in yards per carry. As an entire team, not just Josh Jacobs, the entire, even though Josh Jacobs was the bulk of the bulk of the carries. First downs in passing, we were 14th. In rushing, we were 12th. 
just a little bit above our, our offense was a little bit above average and getting first downs last season both ways. Now here's the big one. Touchdowns. In receiving, we were 10th. In rushing, 23rd. Almost the bottom third in rushing touchdowns. So what this tells me, Soto, and I'm taking a long time, and I want to get your analysis on this. The the way we just kind of blink our eyes and think of last season and the performances of our of our of our you know primary players, we think one way. The numbers, and the numbers don't always tell the entire story, but they tell a big chunk of the story, says something different. We were still primarily a passing team despite having the best running back in football. Yeah, it's because he took all the carries. Mm. And, you know, he had, what, 300? With his catches, he had like 350 touches or something like that, maybe even more. You know, you're going to get a lot of opportunity and, you, and combine that with being a good back and getting lucky and being healthy. Uh, you see teams that are better running the ball that have a better mix because one person's not going to go, not going to be like every season, 2000 yards. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just too much to do, to be able to do, especially when, you know, it, it wasn't about being close because we were in a lot of close games, but um, it's just not the way of the league now, you know, and even now with all those carries, Jacob's, you know, hit what fifteen hundred yards or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen guys with five hundred more yards than that in seasons before with similar, you know, carries, similar attempts. So you have to have that second and third running back that produces when they're in. We just didn't run the ball that much. Normally, you have more rushing attempts spread out through about two or three running backs. But when it's just one guy toting the rock, you can only give him the ball so many times. Just, you know, first off, just logistically, because you're going to pass and run. If you, you know, you, you got to give, you can only give him the ball so many times. You can't just run every single play. Yeah. And you have to think about keeping them healthy too. You can't just get, have them get beat on every single play, you know, 40 times a game. So it was a great season. It, it's what we had talked about. Remember before last season, they're going to run Josh Jacobs into the ground and they're going to see what they want to do afterwards. Mm -hmm. But we knew, we all, I mean, if you guys were listening, you guys would have known too. This was the plan going forward. Let's showcase Josh Jacobs and let's show what he can do and either build him up to be a trade, potential trade candidate, or if he doesn't do well, we can move on from him because we didn't take the fifth year option on him. He did well. It's just look at all these good running backs that are out there right now. It's just so many running backs that are just sitting there waiting for a for, waiting for for a team to pick them up. It kind of backfired as far as that goes because we didn't know you know Zeke was going to get cut. We didn't know uh, that Cook was going to get cut. Kareem Hunt still out there. Some, some uh, Joe Mixon maybe a cut candidate as well. Uh, it's there's a lot of good backs out there, man. So. It's it sucks. It sucks that you're just touched by the hand of God to be given this talent and work so hard and work ethic to work and make it the best it can be, and you end up being a running back. Because it's just 
not fiscally like lucrative to it's the NFL right now. It's like it's going downwards. It's 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 a body type where you're kind of forced in that position. You know what I mean? Like there's no other position on the football field Josh Jacobs can play at a high, high level, right? Which is with his body style, his body type. You know what I mean? Like you, know, you can maybe a linebacker. He's pretty short, dude. Short, yeah. He's but real he- small for a linebacker. Like you think of um you know, like there's a lot of athletes where there's you can kind of move around the football field a little bit, right? Like, there's so how many how many times have you seen like, yeah, I was a quarterback in high school, and then they made me a defensive end in college, and I turned into a safety in pro, right? They, like, you just you're just an athlete, and you have a you know you're 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 six three two twenty, and you can Do you know you know the things you know the sport, and you can move around and 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 go where you're needed, right? You're Josh Jacobs, you're kind of stuck there, right? Like. Hunter Renfro, like there's nothing else he can play but slot receiver. <laughs> there's no other, no other position in football that Hunter Renfro can play but slot receiver, right? Same thing with Josh Jacobs. It's like you're, you got to be a running back. You got, and you can't be a fullback. You can't be like, you can't even be like a jet sweep speedster back. You kind of, you kind of have to be this type of running back with your body type. And that's, and thank God he's ours, and thank God he is because he's great. Again, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see the end game here where he says yes, I want. I don't see what he's looking for. I know I know what he wants to have happen. I think he knows he's not going to get that. I think he's aware enough to know that I'm not going to get that, you know, four-year, $48 million. Or no, that's $12 million. Like a $56 million deal. But this, is the th- and now, now, this is the thing. I'm with you. Now, this is the thing. That was our offense in 2022. Looking at our offense in 2023. I still say, and I stand by it, we tag Jacobs and trade him, get what we can. Let's say we get rid of Jacobs. Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt week five. What the fuck does our offense look like? Zamir White running the ru- running the rock. Hoyer being the quarterback. Like, and, th- and this is what matters the most, right? Like the only reason I'm looking back is so we can look forward. It's like, hey, what? Let's be honest. What was our offense last season? What were we? Okay. A lot of things are similar to last season and this season. Basically the same old line. Um, another weapon at wide receiver. Maybe a change at running back. Clearly, you know, a drastic change in the most important position. Quarterback, right? Completely new quarterback. What's the offense look like next season with the injury history of Jimmy G? The contract situation with Josh Jacobs. And what the numbers told us about last season. Kind of, it could be really bleak. Unless everything lines up perfectly, right? Unless we keep Josh, Jimmy G stays healthy, jives with his guys. Josh McDaniels knows what he has. Because remember, it took him four weeks to do what we knew in two weeks. Like, feed Jacobs the ball. Like, the guy's just crushing it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, can Josh McDaniels understand the team he has versus the team that he wants. These are all these. This is the gumbo, right? Of what our 2023 offense is going to look like. I'm not as bleak on the quarterback position. I'm not, I'm not high on Mac Jones. I'm, I'm just not. Mm-hmm. And he had a top five, top six offense. And he led that. It's there's certain, there's certain schemes that you run that are a little bit more wide open 
where it shows off the, the ability of the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And then there's certain schemes that are run that show off the quarterback's ability to run that specific scheme, that specific system. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind that we have. Um, of course, you'd want to have a better player at the position because he runs the, the, the offense better than someone who's not as good as him. But as long as you can run the system, it's, it's, it's built to work. And it's a lot of unknowns. And the thing is, is like you can say if the quarterback, if the starting quarterback goes down, it looks pretty bleak for 25 of the teams in the NFL. Mm. So we're not like a, a special freaking unicorn or a unique little snowflake as far as that goes. No, Both well, we, we are in the sense that the odds of our quarterback going down are greater than any other starting quarterback. That's what makes us unique. It's not unique. It's not. It is unique. No one's more. No quarterbacks more injury prone than ours. All right. Right. Is that even a question? <laughs> Look, man. If 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 you want to focus on all this stuff, it's like it, there's, there's two different. We have we're coming from two different perspectives. You seem to look at every every situation as how it can go wrong. Every single I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the history RJ, of what normally happens. You're looking at every situation, whether it's who we sign, who we don't sign, regardless of position. It seems to me like your viewpoint, your perspective is this is how things can go wrong, as opposed to this is how things can work. I'm looking at statistically what normally happens with these players. But it's not just and the Jimmy G has gone through it. one full season healthy. It's not it's don't don't act like I'm abnormally or irrationally negative for thinking that Jimmy G is going to do what he does. I every didn't single say season. that. You're not listening to okay. me. What I'm saying is every single time you analyze our season coming up, you lean towards what can go wrong. What is the negative portion of it? And I'm leaning like, towards what normally happens with with the people lined up. Jimmy G normally gets hurt. See, you right? keep going back to one person. Josh Jacobs normally doesn't have the season that he had last season. Correct? Yes or no? Right? Like, yeah. That season was amazing. I'm glad he had it. I hope he has 10 more like it with the Raiders. Not normally what happens. That's what I'm saying is you're acting like, like oh, you're looking at worst case scenario. A lot of these players, what I'm bringing up is the norm. That's how these players normally perform. This is what their standard issue operating procedure mm-hmm. is. And so on based on that is how we move forward. It's not it's not unrealistic to say Jimmy Garoppolo probably not going to play the full season. Okay? What do we do? What do we do at that point? Now on the flip side, we've got players that always play awesome. We're still going to have Devontae Adams who's going to crush it because he always does. We're going to have Hunter Renfro who always crushes it like he always does unless he's concussed, <laughs> right? Heavily. Heavily because referees but, but basically can do whatever you want to Hunter Renfro on the, on the football field these days, right? Right. But look, so, you and also so, and that's what I'm saying is that ball, uh, that, that was literally my question. This bucket of gumbo of what normally happens, quarterback that normally gets hurt, star wide receiver that always crushes it, Josh Jacobs who's always really good but has never been that good last season. Uh, a line, uh, uh, an offensive line that's bad on paper, but progressing, right? That's what I'm asking. And so 
I, not not one scenario I've brought up is not what probably is going to happen. That's probably what's going to happen with every single one of those position groups. What does that look like? I'm being realistic. What's it look like if all our position groups do what they have historically done? That's not negative. That's you, also take a, you have to take a look at what you're not taking a look at is a brand new situation last year. Is it is it a uh, a co just a coincidence that Josh Jacobs had his best season, his first season under Josh McDaniels? Maybe. I mean, there's there's certainly got to get Again, credit. It all depends on how you want to look at it. Yeah. If you want to look at it as oh, it's just a coincidence, then yeah, you're gonna downplay that, and you're not gonna down, and you're not gonna carry that success going forward. You're gonna go back to who he was before Josh McDaniels got here. I, I would argue contract year was the biggest thing, and I'm willing He's to have another that, one this year. I, I'm willing to, yeah, th th that's my point. That's my point, right? Like I would. That's not that's your point. Thing. That's your a, point no, no. is he's going to go back to who he was before. I'm saying he's, there's, an, there's, an, average, there's an average of who you are that 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 should be brought up. The now, average all of the who variables you are under this system was last year, and all the variables leading up to it says okay. And the variables we are can the hope, same. We can hope Josh Jacobs can have another really really good season. And we have players that have performed better than the players we had last year at their position offensively. Hopefully a Hunter Renfro that's healthy. It's going to be better than the Hunter Renfro last year. Mm -hmm. Jacoby Myers is better than any number two that we had last year. It seems like, I mean, it's going to be really hard for this tight end. Well, Hunter was our number worse. two last year and Hunter's better than Jacoby. That's a good thing, right? Well, Jacoby's. I mean, well, Hunter really wasn't the two last year because he wasn't healthy. The two was either um, Hollins or Cole. Well, he, he's he's the he's the two in our offense that everyone's playing. Well, I mean, in this offense, Hunter's probably going to be the slot guy, and then it's going to be Jacoby and 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 however you want to slice it. The wide receiver position is better. However you want to stack whoever up, it's going to be really hard for this tight end group to perform worse than the tight end group did last year. Mm. It's really hard for that to happen. So you can see where the weapons are better, and you can see if somebody like. A rookie in Mac Hollins or Mac Hollins, excuse me, in Mac Jones can come in there and run the system with better weapons than we had, than they had in New England here with the Raiders. I don't see there being a huge drop off. I mean, for a short period of time, we can still score points and still win games if we have a backup quarterback in there because he knows how to run the system. He doesn't have to be a world beater. He knows what the system is supposed to do, and he knows how to move the ball. Brian Hoyer, do you think he can move the ball? I think he can move the ball. He's throw. He has like forty pass attempts in like three seasons. Okay. Long time. Does that matter? I mean, doesn't that matter? Doesn't that matter? Right. I'm not being negative. I'm just. I'm just. I'm saying he's at like. Okay, 40 now, pass now let's, let's hear something from the other side then. What's I said a, a bunch of sides. Devontae Adams, Adams is still the shit. No, no, no. Still no. Man. We're talking about the position. We're talking about the quarterback position. Brian Hoyer, what's a positive of him in this system? I mean, he knows it. That's why he was brought in. That's the other thing. I'm, I'm really convinced he was brought in to like really play. Like I thought he was brought in to like, like hey, like teach this new Aiden O'Connell. Let's get you know, Jimmy G knows the system, but it's been like almost look, half a decade. Old, like he's still gotta come around a little bit. He's fucking old. But That's you're not thing. look if if your backup quarterback 
has to play a ton of time, you're fucked no matter who you are. That shit that happened fucking last year, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't a fucking backup quarterback. He was a starting quarterback for that team that they were just trying to move on from somebody else, and then he got hurt, and then they put their starter back in the game for half the season. If you would have put Josh Johnson in there instead of Brock Purdy for those first eight games or so, where would they have been? That's the normal situation here. That's the normal situation. But we're not normal in that we have the most injury-prone quarterback in football. And then you have to and make those adjustments to, on your roster. You keep going back to the same point, and it hasn't happened yet. And when it does happen, hasn't don't happened the, we don't know the, the, the severity of it. And I'm trying to tell you, if you have to go to Brian Hoyer for a, a couple of games here and there, he's more than capable of running the system. He's more than capable of moving the ball. Is he going to be a your guy for half a season? No, he's just not that guy because he's not consistent enough to do it. And you, you got more tape on him and more film on him of, of what the team is trying to do that specific season. It's going to be easier to defend him. So what I'm saying is realistic then. I'm not being a negative Nancy. I'm saying, yeah, there's a really good chance but we're going to have every, a, a chunk of Brian Hoyer next season. revolving around the same thing. There's there is reasons why things won't work, RJ. But there's also reasons why things can work. But all you seem to be talking about is the reasons why things won't work. I'm talking about things that have happened consistently and we can Bro, all count on based on history. Change around what I'm saying and you're not addressing what I'm saying. I you am addressing what you're saying. You're saying like, oh, you're not. looking at the negative. It's not no. negative. It's not so no, yes or no. Is it negative to assume Bro, that Jimmy G is gonna be hurt it's next? It's not, year? but Okay, thank you. That's all I'm there, okay, no, no, no. We're not. You're not going to just thank you me and, and stop that there. But because if there's probabilities, there's probabilities on either side of how things can work and how things can't work. All you talk about is how things won't work. I'm talking about what's the most no, likely no, no. Don't, scenario. Don't remix what I'm saying. I'm not remixing all what you're saying. Are, no. I'm saying what's is it most true or is it not true? But there's also the other side as well. If you want to be balanced, okay. if you want to be objective, there's both sides to this. What is the most likely scenario? Arjun, you're not talking about balance. You're talking about the most likely. It's the same yes, thing. Yes, yes, that's what's most important. Right now. That's what's most important. We can talk about, well, what happens if aliens land on Allegiant Stadium? Why aren't you talking about that, RJ? I'm talking about what's most likely. Jimmy G gets hurt every single season, period. He's had one season unhealthy. Okay, when we're addressing next season, let's talk about what's most likely, that Jimmy G's hurt. What are we going to do? This isn't, oh, the the RG's being negative. The, the season's over with. Let's torpedo it. No, I'm saying let's be prepared for the most likely scenario. The most likely scenario is Jimmy G misses time next season. How do we prepare for that? And All you're right. like, you're being okay. negative. You're oh, right. You're right, RJ. Okay. You're right. You're absolutely right. Thank you. I know I am. Want to do some Wonder Boy Max? No. We're doing it anyway. Biggie, 6181. Josh Jacobs is hurting himself the longer he waits. I'm not entirely sure about that. that. I'm not entirely sure about that. Like, who... Like, let's say he pushes this all the way. Because, look, it's not like he's a new quarter. If it was Jimmy G and he was missing a big chunk of preseason, that would matter, right? It's like Josh Jacobs. Like, 
He doesn't need to do a single snap in the preseason. He can set out forever, and he's not going to perform worse. You know what I mean? So performance-wise, it doesn't matter. Contract-wise, he has nothing but time. It doesn't like, matter. None of this matters. You know I mean? None of this matters. That's why when you asked me last week how concerned was I, zero, because none of this matters. The offer from the Raiders is not going to change. Here's your franchise tag. Sign it or don't sign it. I, I would say every day that passes is a, a, a tiny, a tiny bit worse, right? A month from now, we're going to have a slightly different conversation, but it's my minute levels of concern every second. But really, the longer he waits until it gets to the finish line, it's the same deal. It's the same, That's, it's the again, same deal. The reason why he can win, and this is this is this is he's kind of proving against himself. He's working against himself in this point. He cannot go to any training camp, no preseason games. He can show up the day before the season starts and go out there and rush for 150 yards. He can do that. That goes to show you how replaceable one of those players is because the position, you don't have to be there and get timing like a wide receiver or a quarterback and all that stuff, timing with your offensive lineman. You can go out there and you can still perform even if you're not doing anything with the team the entire preseason. So contractually, I, I don't agree. But I will say... Um, I'm assuming and hoping Zamir White is taking full advantage of the fact that that's what we've heard. Vic he's Tafer the number one, it, right? Vic, Vic Tafer wrote it that uh, he's getting he's getting the number White one. Reps. Brown are White and Brown are are are, are they like, they're lockstep in, in in with the offense. They know exactly every what starting to do. rep he's not taking. Somebody else is, and they're getting. What did AJ Hawk say? Our first guest. What did he say? What's the reason why the 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 NFL players pr play and practice even practice when they're hurt? They don't I'll want never the coaching it. staff. I'll never forget it. They yeah. don't want the coaching staff to see you not out there. Yeah. They don't want you to get, get used to you not being there. Oh, wait. This guy that costs $10 million less is 90% as good. It's, Why are we paying this guy so much? Let's go with the next it guy. It makes a huge amount. When I heard that, my freaking mind exploded. I'm like, dude, I never looked at it from that perspective. Mm -hmm. And now I can't get it out of my head. And it's this is what this is what he's this is what Josh Jacob is doing. Now it's not like Contract-wise, I don't think he's hurting himself. No. Team-wise, longer term, Josh McDowns is like, Dave Ziegler is like, yeah, you know, Zamir's looking pretty good. You know, well, we, we were going to get, we, we, we were thinking about kind of a long-term thing, but now maybe we're not. So the most likely scenario is Josh Jacobs signs his franchise tag this year. He plays... Maybe not as good as he did last year, but better than he has in the past. Let's say like 1,250-something yards, right? 1,300, maybe 1,250 yards. Okay, let's just say that. They will franchise tag him again for that if he gives us that, that much production. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't, then they don't franchise tag him. It, it, this, what he's doing right now is not going to change that because Zamir White is not going to prove that he's going to be the man until the season starts. Mm -hmm. So... What time does Josh Jacobs have to be back by? By the time the season starts. So it's not like he's doing himself any disservice in, in that respect because the plan was the plan. The plan was the plan from the beginning. 
Sign the franchise tag, dude. You're not going to get anything else. Martin Breathalum, 75-52. Josh McDaniels and Hunter Renfro is not a good match. Remember that Hunter only got success when he did his own thing and not what he was told. I don't see McDaniels having the skill as a coach. Go give players freedom like that. Hunter will, will be stuck in predictable wide receiver routes with literal or no success. It's a shame we didn't really get to see what McDaniels and Hunter could do last season because referees don't throw flags when people throw headshots at Hunter Renfro. So he was concussed all last season. I would have loved to see what that combination could create. But there is a level of truth. I'm not going to say it's going to turn out one way or the other because we didn't really get to see it last season. But we do know, and it's one of our videos, how Hunter Renfro talked about on a podcast that when he really started to flourish is when he stopped like being letter of the law with Gruden. And Gruden kind of like, like finally like relented and let him kind of be himself. And that's when he became Pro Bowl wide receiver. Mm -hmm. um, can that happen with McDaniels or not? We don't know. Because he was too concussed for it to possibly be come to fruition. I mean, look, I don't see this as McDaniel's not having the skills as a coach because he's had several hundred rece reception slot receivers in the past. Mm -hmm. It's up to Hunter to be able to run the system. To it's it's up to Hunter to be able to run the routes because this is not a quarterback sitting back there staring you down until you get open type of offense. This is a timing, be where you're supposed to be type of offense. And if you can't do that, then you can't run in this offense because the offense works. All right? The offense works. The passing game, it works. What doesn't work is when you're not where you're supposed to be. Well, I think it's a matter of more both these guys learning from each other because Hunter proven that he works. Like when he was forced, when he had to step up and be the number one receiver, he had a hundred receptions because everyone got hurt and he, he could be a number one receiver. You don't want him to be your number one receiver, but he's proven he can be. And as a good coach, you want to maximize what you can get out of your players. Now you don't want a wild card, especially in a Josh McDaniels offense, where it's like Hunter, do whatever you want, right? But I think there's a middle, I think there's a fair middle ground where I think John Gruden, Gruden's a pretty pretty strict offensive mind where I want you to do what I want. But even he was like, all right, Hunter, you're doing something nice here. There should be a fair middle ground where you can get the most out of Hunter Renfro with his skill set, And Hunter can't be so hard headed to say, I'm only going to do my own thing. I still need to be where I need to be on, on, on time. There should, yeah, there should, look, there should be a fair middle ground between these two guys. Yeah, it's just, I just don't like the way this is worded. N not having the skills as a coach. He's had several, 100 catch slot receivers, like several seasons of a slot receiver with mm -hmm. 100 or more catches. So him not having the skills as a coach is not a question here. He has the skills as a coach. Predictable running back routes, like, come on, guy. That's just, that's just, I, I just reject that that premise of this whole this whole statement is that it's, if, if things don't work out with Hunter Renfro, it's all Josh McDaniel's fault. Well, I think this is also a really good litmus test for what we've always talked about when Josh McDaniels came over was there's no question the offensive mind of Josh McDaniels exists, you know, when he's at the Pats. Like, there's no question. Zero question. Can he be a head coach and deal with human beings? Right? That was, that was the big question, this, you know, when he came over. We know you can move the chess pieces when they're computer bites, 
can you deal with human beings? And this is a great, this is a great opportunity for both men. Can I, hey, hey, coach, can I be, can you give me the freedom to be me, give and take? Let me get in your system, but let me try to do this a little bit more. This is an awesome, tiny little dichotomy of what we haven't seen McDaniels do, but we hope he can do. Be a leader of men, maximize Hunter's abilities, not make him a robot. And then Hunter has to give his end on the other side. This is, I didn't realize it till now. That's to be one of my favorite things to watch this next season. What can Hunter and McDaniels do together? Can, can this show that there's something brewing there where they've both learned a little bit? I'll give you an example. Devontae Adams last year. Devontae Adams runs his routes his own way. Mm-hmm. But he's where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there. However, he, he was, he he the was route, given the R- Randy Moss role but he did it his way. Exactly. So he's in the spot where he's supposed to be, but the way he gets open is different. Hunter Renfro can do the same thing. As long as he's in the spot, however many jukes he has to make to make himself open, as long as he's in the spot where he's supposed to be, he has that freedom because Devontae Adams... He hit the far hash 10 yards down in 2.4 seconds. Whatever you have to do to get open. Whatever you have to do to get there, but you have to be there at that time. Yes, and Devonta Adams showed that last year. He showed that last year. So I don't, I don't. This, this, these are the little things that really bug me. Does Josh McDaniels has a ton to prove? Yeah, a lot. Has he shown us a lot? No, he really has it. But let's be fair about this criticism here. If we're saying that he's an unbending, unwieldy, look, dude, look at Devonta Adams was an all first team All Pro last year in this system. With a quarterback that he's not used to having the last bunch of times he was an all-pro. I, I didn't realize till three minutes ago how much this Hunter Renfro, Josh McDaniels thing I'm excited about. And what it what it what it says about how McDaniels is how he has or has not evolved as a coach. I can't wait. This I is think, I'm really gonna follow this. Yeah, mostly. it's I, I just I just think it's unfair to paint this as you have to run the route this specific way. Because he wasn't like that with Devontae Adams. And I understand that it's Devontae Adams, but it's not like Hunter Renfro wasn't a 100-catch guy too. And you're telling me that Edelman, that Wells Welker, that these guys, they ran their routes exactly the same way every single time? Or were they just at the spot when they needed to be there? They have to set up their defender as well. So it's just, I don't know, man. It's just, uh, I'm all about fair criticism. And... The, the, one of the main reasons why I'm like, well, two of the main reasons why I'm still defending McDaniels a lot is because I'm trying to bring some balance to what we're doing here, number one. And number two, I said I'd give him two years. Same. From the very beginning, I said I'd give him two years. Same. So I'm not going to come down with the hammer until I see what happens after two years. Well, and, and, espe- and especially with Hunter. He was getting cussed all last season. We have no clue what McDaniels can do with Hunter. I just, I, 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 no clue. I, we were both very excited because of – I don't know that Wes Welker was the player that Hunter Renfro is. I think he was a little bit older in his career. I think he, he was able to do something short area. I don't think he had quite the burst. And, and, and frankly, I don't think he had quite the hands. There. Hunter Renfro's smart, and he has really good hands. Julian Edelman probably was a little bit more athletic, I guess you can call it, as a slot receiver. Uh, but, dude, I mean – we, we were both excited about what he can do with us as a slot. 
in this system because of his history with slot receivers. What was our what was our big what was our big argument with with Rory when Hunter Renfro had his when, when everyone got hurt and he was the number one receiver and had 100 receptions? We're like, look, in a John Gruden offense, that means the offense isn't working. If you're forced to make your slot receiver the number one receiver, the offense is broken. In a Josh McDaniels offense, they could be that way. Up the seams when, when, when it's, it's over it the could, middle. In a Josh McDaniels offense, a slot receiver can be a number one, a number one-ish receiver, and the everything's slot, firing correctly. The slot and the tight ends. Yep. Those guys can be your big catch guys as far as numbers wise go. And your outside guys are the big play guys. I, I uh in a big obviously in a big pitcher scenario, like it's the wins and losses in the team that's gonna judge, you know, how Josh McDaniels does next season. But if you want to like really put the microscope on something, I think how I think how Hunter Renfro performs next season, if he can stay healthy, is a really can be a very good example of what Josh McDaniels has or has not grown into. Can you can he can he work with a talent that's gonna require a little bit of flexibility working mm-hmm. with the human? That hasn't traditionally been Josh uh, Josh McDaniel's strength. I, I didn't Let, realize that till now, but I can't yeah. wait to see how that plan, that pans out. I will caution everybody. Let's 70, 75 catches for Hunter Renfro is a win for us mm-hmm. because none of those slot receivers play with Devonte Adams, and you got to mm-hmm. give Devonte Adams his touches. So seventy to seventy five for Hunter Renfro this season. That's a pretty damn good season. Because you got Devonte Adams, who 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 are you? Who do you want to throw to? If you, you you're, you're one play in the NFL and you have to throw the ball, who do you want to throw to? Devonte Adams or Hunter Renfro? Exactly. You don't even have to answer. Big Ragu nine thirty nine. Sweet name. Hope he's Italian. The big, the big ragu. ragu. You know who that is? The big Ragu. Pro wrestler. No, that's that's the uh, the boyfriend of from Laverne and Shirley. The big Ragu. I'm uh, I'm too young. I'm not even. I'm not even forty yet, Soto. I'm a bit. I'm still in my thirties. They're still in reruns. I'm a kid. I'm a kid. Uh, Marcus Johnson from Tape Don't Lie just uploaded a detailed breakdown of Aiden O'Connell. He rated his upside as Taylor Heineke, so basically a scrub. You won't find bigger fans of uh, the Tape Don't Lie guys than um, me and Soto. They do a great job. Fantastic tape guys. We have them on the show as much as possible. And so when when um, when they say something like that, I watch, I listen, I pay attention, take it to heart, and I think there's there's some meat on that bone a little bit. Mm-hmm. I did watch the upload. I did watch this very specific video, and it it's still never truly addressed. And it's not like Marcus doesn't understand this, uh, teaching him something he doesn't. But it never truly, it never truly looked at the fact that he was a Purdue quarterback throwing against Ohio State, Michigan, etc. The championship game dude. defenses. He brought Purdue a bunch of nerdy engineers. He was throwing to white wide receivers. Brought them to the conference championship. Dude, look. That, his that junior year to his senior year. He lost his number one receiver. It's actually no first two number, no one and two receiver, and he lost his offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And he and th- that's why his numbers dipped his senior season. His look, here's the thing, and this is what I said. I actually uh, replied to this comment. Marcus Johnson breaking down tape, hundred percent, exactly what you said. 
I'm exact. That's exactly right. But what I caution against is projecting somebody when you haven't seen them play in the NFL. If somebody is like has the tools and the smarts, we don't know how smart. If you got to, you got to be smart to go to Purdue any goddamn way. Mm. Okay, but from what we're hearing about Aiden O'Connell is he's picking up this offense pretty quickly, even for quarterbacks who are normally really smart anyway. On top of that, we don't know what people look like when the lights come on. We don't know what they do with their game when the lights come on. We've seen it a billion times, man. These guys are freaking monsters in practice. No one can touch them. And when the lights come on in the fight, they just never hit that same height as they do in the gym. You well, don't know. So as far as saying his upside is Taylor Heineke, I don't agree with that because there's other things that go into it besides your physical skills. So I, I'm not going to knock Marcus Johnson for, again, like in, in, in Soto's eternal optimism. It's like, yeah, like when the lights go on, what could happen? And I think, I think, I think Marcus knows that as well. Right. Like he, he can say like, yeah, like I understand you what know, he was doing. You know, he can, he can be that great. It's like, guy. it's like here, here, here's the sample size that we have. This is all we have. So let's make our analysis. Right. Um, the idea that like, yeah, when the, because to your same point, Soto, he could also be a guy when the when the lights shine the brightest. Wilts could be right, like possible. To totally I mean, could be the case. Probably right? not. There we we didn't see it when he had an undermanned team before. He 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 he, you know. But it's not the pros. I get if, it. If, if you want to, yeah, I'm saying you throw the variables at there. It could be extremes, great extremes, bad. Right. Marcus yeah. is taking the information that he has. He's a tape guy, a phenomenal tape guy. You should great. listen to what he says. Um, and that's part of it. We're a little bit, we're a little bit more context guys. What's the backstory? What's the storyline? What's the, what's the guy like? That's kind of a little bit more us, which is why we listen to tape. Don't lie and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I, that's where I would, that's the part that I think where we work. You're going to want to be, if you want to be a well-rounded kind of Raider fan, you kind of need both, right? Marcus Johnson. Cause they both the, matter. They both count. Here's the X's and O's of exact. Here's, you know, 12-13 of week seven, Purdue at Michigan. It's 13 to seven. Here's what he did and what he didn't do, which is important. It's like, well, a little, here's a little bit bigger picture. Here's a little bit of context. And, and again, I don't think as much as Soto and I are higher on Aiden than than most people, we're not, you guys are making it sound like we're thinking he's going to be the next time. Like he's going to be like a the starter next season and lead us to super like, like we still I don't I don't want to put words in your mouth, Soto. I think mm -hmm. as of right this second, we're still kind of like, look, he's probably going to be a good backup for us moving forward. Spot starter. Spot like there's there's hope for more, but we're both we're both kind of in the same position. Like yeah, when, most, when I talk about a Aiden really good backup is yeah. kind of what we're looking at here. When I talk about Aiden O'Connell being something more than a spot starter, I'm 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 talking about how things can fall into place where he can be that. I'm not, I don't think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a backup spot starter type of guy. Yeah, if he if he if uh, he needs to come in at the, in the middle of one game and 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 start the next one, I think you'll be okay. I think he'll give you a shot to to be in the game, but I don't think he's a long term, you know, answer. I could be wrong, uh, but in short spurts, I think he can be very effective. 
but like I said, I, what Marcus Johnson was doing was comparing their skills. They're like physical tools. And I can see the, the comparison to Taylor. Taylor Heineke has won a lot of games. Taylor Heineke went to the freaking playoffs. Mm. So it's not like he's a scrub, but there are certain uh, intangibles that can heighten. Uh, I, I don't know that Taylor Heineke throws a more accurate ball than Aiden O'Connell does. I think that's a little bit. Taylor Heineke's even better than what we think Aiden O'Connell's going to be. Taylor Heineke's a starter. We, we, we're picking Aiden O'Connell as like a, a mostly a backup spot starter. Most like spot starter. He's rated him higher than we are. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Taylor Heineke isn't a scrub. What, he's, what, yeah, it's not a, he's like, not a scrub. Heineke led a Marcus Johnson's team. rating him higher than we are. <laughs> he, he, he led a playoff team, dude. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. Scrub. Look. He's a fourth, guys. He's a fourth rounder from Purdue. If he's it, the, the third pass. overall and he's rating him as Taylor Heineke, then we're then, then we're in, problem, yeah. then we're freaking out. He's a fourth rounder. He's a fourth rounder project that works exactly how Josh McDaniels kind of envisions his quarterback. And that's, that's another with. reason why I feel he can do well in this system. Mm-hmm. Again, kind of like we're talking about the Brian Hoyer thing. Can you run the system? Can you let the route combinations and 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 the 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 philosophy of this offense, can you get your players the ball in the right spots in, in order to be able to take advantage of, of the defense from what the offense does? Can you do that? And I think that Aiden O'Connell is smart enough, accurate enough, and throws the ball with enough timing and touch to be able to do that. Shenanigans. looks like fucking Farva. Talking about shenanigans? Shenanigans? Talking about shenanigans? All right, that's enough out of us. Um, I'll be out of here for the next week. Soto is going to man the ship alone for the next few days with his twisted steel and sex appeal. Actually, um, this weekend, I, will be back. Yeah. I lied. Next weekend are my fights. This weekend, I'm going to Palm Springs. All right, so we're both going to be hammered and away from home. So you guys are on your own. But until then, <laughs> knock on wood if you're with me.